from the responsive call to worship. Welcome this new year as the time of God's presence. Our Creator offers us a new heaven and a new earth. God is making all things new. Mourning, crying, and pain cannot prevail. God is mindful of our needs and our strengths. We receive resources for the tasks God gives us. have finished the season in which our Lord's light has been given to the world. His blessings have been poured out on the world, and yet it is so easy to default to our own problems, our own needs, our own desires. So friends, let's begin this new year by admitting this failing, unburdening our hearts, and making our confession before God and one another. 
as we share together in our confession. God of all creation, how can you accept our empty praying? The world of our prayers is so small, and the needs of your people are so great. Yet we must be in our confession, for we are people of misplaced values, and our wrongful priorities have brought us much distress. We have missed your realm among us when we ignored those around us who were thirsty and hungry, when we turned away from prisoners and people suffering from AIDS. Restore us to membership in your family. We want to be forgiven. We want to change. In Jesus' name, amen. We learn this again in the Advent season. God has come to us. We are not alone. In Christ, we are accepted. We are set free from the past. We're, we are given to the future. We go forth in this new year knowing that we are forgiven. We are loved. And that God's light is shining on us, bringing us out of the darkness into God's marvelous light. So friends, believe the good news of the gospel. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. beginning of this year, but sharing that wonderful creed, so historic, so wonderful, the Apostles' Creed, after which we share a response. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the Henry of Saints, the forgiveness of sins, and the rapture of body, and the life everlasting. Amen. gold star for being here today. This is amazing. We're so glad to have you here. If you would take a moment and grab the red friendship pad 
sign your name on it so that we know that you are here, and even more than that, so that you might meet someone new that you haven't known before. Look at it. It seems rude, but when it comes back by, look at it and see those names and make sure you say hi to them when we go out for some coffee a little bit later. Just a couple of quick announcements. Today we are doing the undecorating of the sanctuary. Go have brunch, come back at noon, and help us put all these beautiful decorations away for another year. Steve is starting a brand new class this Wednesday, prisons, Prison Letters. So some of the best teachers and some of the best prophets have spent time in jail, and that's where they have written some of the most profound works that we will ever read. If you want more information, look on page nine. I think he's gonna be concentrating on the Apostle Paul, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, and Martin Luther King Jr. Finally, our groundbreaking ceremony is going to be January 15th at 9.45. So we will leave this service just a little bit early and go over for that historic and monumental time in the life of our church. We are so looking forward to that great building, that great place where we hope we can build more relationships with people in the community, with one another, bringing others just a little bit closer to God along the way. So now, we would like to take this time to present our tithes and our offerings, and just think about all of those things that we do with your generosity, how we feed the hungry, how we tutor those kids, how the kids in the ECC are taken care of with scholarship money, all of those things we do because of what we give in this place.
Let us pray. We give you thanks, O God, for making all things new. You have given us even a new time we call a new year. We, give, we are grateful that you have always been loving and generous to us. At this moment in time in worship, we pray that you'll accept these our gifts and offerings and tithings and prayers and thoughts so that we may learn to love you even more and love one another and our neighbors. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please be seated as Carol and our children come forward for a special time. Guys, all right, are there any kids in the house? <laughs> oh, it's a good day. <laughs> oh, good, my big kids, let's have a seat. I'm gonna sit with you up here. We get to actually say Happy New Year, happy officially today. It's a new beginning, the new year. Come on over here. Did anybody stay up late last night? Till the end. Walter! Did you stay up till midnight? Did anybody? Okay. Good. That's good. Watch the ball drop. Did you watch the ball drop? Um, no, but I just wanted want to stay off for fun. Oh, you had fun? Yeah. Awesome. Because basically, um, I just, like, I went to sleep and then I set my alarm for 12. Yeah. So then I could just party. Did you watch the ball drop? Uh, no. 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 What is the ball? <laughs> did anyone make did anyone make any any resolutions for the new year or plans? What's that, Walter? Go to bed earlier. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Does anybody have any plans that they want to do for 2017? Anything? No. Well, I brought. I'm going to sit right here. I brought my calendars. Um, I have two calendars with me. This is my 2016 calendar. You can see how it's all sort of used up. I've got all the things that I planned for the year. And um, there's no, no more space on it. I used it all up. The only thing that I use it for probably is because I want to look back and see what I did this past year. 
And then I brought my 2017 calendar, which look at, it's all nice and clean, ready for me to start putting all my appointments and interesting things in that I'm gonna do this year that I'm gonna plan. So um, pretty soon this calendar is gonna start to look like this calendar because I'll be planning things in it. But there's nothing wrong with planning for the future, um, but we need to remember that we really don't know what the future has. We can't plan for the future. We can plan, but we don't know what's gonna happen in the future. The Bible actually says since no man knows the future, who can tell what is to come. So there's some people that get a little nervous. They get kind of nervous about what the, what's going to happen in the future. And, and um, they, they, you know, there's uncertain times. And they get a little nervous because they can't, they, can't, um, they can't control it. And that's okay. But one thing we do know for sure is that because um, we don't know what the future holds, we know who holds the future, right? God is in control of the future, and that is easy. We can rest assured because he has a plan for us, and if we live our plan according to him, we'll be okay, right? We can't control what happens tomorrow, but we have today, and so we need to live in God's plan. Let's play, pray. Let's pray and play. Thank you for giving us today. Help us to live it in the way you have planned it, Lord. As we start to fill up our plans for this year's calendar, help us to include you in each and every appointment. Amen. <laughs>scripture lesson comes to us today from the second chapter of Luke verses 21 through 38 so we invite you to follow along in your Bible or in the pew Bible that is in front of you after eight days had passed it was time to circumcise the child and he was called Jesus the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses they brought Jesus up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God, saying, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what had been said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, this child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel. 
and to be a sign that will be opposed, so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, open our hearts and minds to hear the message you intend for each one of us on this first day of the new year from the word just read and the words to come. Amen. So here we are, just one week after our Christmas celebration of the birth of the Messiah, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And we're already bumping into a time when someone is accepting and even welcoming death. My goodness, we haven't even taken our tree down yet. Our Christmas clock is still playing Christmas carols on the hour, and we're already thrust into a cold, dark world of death and swords piercing souls. What happened to all is calm, all is bright? Can't we camp out in the glowy, starry night with Christmas angels for a few more hallelujahs and some cattle lowing? Just a few verses earlier, on Christmas Eve, and then again on Christmas Day, we read in Luke how the shepherds told Mary and Joseph what the Lord had made known to them. Do not be afraid, for I am bringing you good news of great joy for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Mary was just treasuring all of these words and pondering them in her heart when Simeon gives her some new words to chew on. This child is destined for the falling and rising of many in Israel. This child will be opposed. And a sword, by the way, will pierce your own soul too. Our silent, holy night is shattered the manger has suddenly become cruciform. Mary and Joseph are in the temple with Jesus because according to Jewish law, a new mother must be purified and the firstborn son must be presented. Luke sort of meshes these two events together and it's how this young family meets Simeon and Anna. Now Simeon and Anna are two faithful servants who have been hanging out in the temple day and night just waiting for the intrusion of a faithful God. Simeon is filled with the Holy Spirit and it's been revealed to him that he will not die until he has seen the Messiah. He not only sees the Messiah, he holds God's promises in his old weathered hands. Now, Anna has been worshiping and praying in the temple nearly her entire life at seeing the Christ child, the arrival of peace on earth. She is overflowing with praise and thanksgiving. These two old birds become the poster children for each one of us, young and old, to show us a faithful faithful response to Christmas 
and to the Christ child. They model the, past, the posture that we are to take as we step out of the picture-perfect Christmas card of that silent, holy night and right into the noise and the cruelty of the world. As we look back on 2016, which likely is a foreshadow of 2017, we are assaulted by the violence and the destruction and the loss. We may be tempted to hide away in our homes, to lock the doors, to curl up in bed and pull the covers over our heads. We remember the terrorist attacks in Brussels, Nice, Istanbul, Berlin, and Munich. We remember the Pulse nightclub massacre, the police shootings of Alton and Philando, and the slaughter of Dallas police officers. We remember the earthquakes in Ecuador and Italy, the flooding in Louisiana, and of course, Hurricane Matthew, which pummeled Haiti and even took 49 lives in the southeastern United States. We remember Aleppo and Mosul. We remember the Zika virus, fires raging out of control and planes crashing with Brazilian soccer players. And who can forget two-year-old Lane Graves who was attacked and killed by an alligator at Disney right in front of his father. These horrific headlines of 2016 that sadden our hearts and bring fear to our souls don't even take into account our own personal experiences of death and loss and heartache. You know, the personal traumas that bore a hole in our hearts so big that we're not even sure if we can take another breath. Jesus said, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Manger and cross. As we step into 2017, for the world at large and for our very own small personal world, we've got to remember the response of Anna, who saw the Christ child, and from Simeon, who held the Prince of Peace in his hands. Simeon rightly predicts that the coming of salvation is also an advent of conflict. Yet his response is peace. He now has the courage to live and to die in peace because he knows that Jesus is the Messiah, the one who has overcome the world. Anna's response? Praise and thanksgiving. She sees the Christ child and immediately begins to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for redemption. The lights that they shine to help dispel the darkness are peace and praise. Just looking at the top stories from 2016 illustrates how desperately we need Anna and Simeon as we venture into the new year. We need them to help us utter the praise of God that both responds to God's presence and resists the presence of evil. We need them to model the reaction of this convergence of waiting and fulfillment. The kingdom is here, but not yet fully here. We need them to give us courage to trust in our God who is indeed present and powerful when the world in which we live in seems to suggest something different. 
We need them so we can have the courage to shine our little lights into all the dark places. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And he also said, you are the light of the world. I was intrigued by the title of a book I read last year called All the Light We Cannot See. It's about a blind girl and an orphaned boy set in World War II, and it has a fair amount of disturbing images, as you can imagine. But the title reminds us that there is goodness and kindness going on that we might not be aware of. Perhaps small acts, but often with far-reaching ripple effects. We read the headlines, and we are immersed in big stories of sadness and destruction but there are also stories of light that we need to look for and we need to listen for from all of those around us. And some of these stories need to have us as the leading role. In medieval times, there was this charming legend about light and how on Christmas Eve, the Christ child wandered throughout the world looking for places where he would be welcomed. The esteemed Dr. McConnell did a version of this story with five of our teenagers in the family Christmas Eve service. Dr. McConnell was wearing a Santa hat with Mickey ears and lights that flashed across the front. A sight to behold. This story is slightly different than the one he told because the Christians in the story are actively seeking the Christ child in whatever form he might take. So it goes like this. Those who loved Christ, hoping that he would find their homes, placed lighted candles in the window to invite them in. No one knew what he would look like when he came. He might be a beggar, or blind, or a poor and lonely child. So devout Christians welcomed all who came to their homes, who knocked on their door on Christmas Day. To turn anyone away may have meant rejecting the Christ child. I wonder what it would look like if we were to shine a light of welcome from our window, or to carry a light of love into our grocery stores, or onto our streets, or into our communities. I learned something about light when I was running in the early morning darkness. As my eyes adjusted, I could mostly make out the contours of the path fairly well. Well, another runner who actually thought ahead to bring a flashlight was shining their light straight ahead, so it shined right at me. The light actually blinded me. I had to stop until they passed by because I couldn't even make out the path anymore. Well, then a little bit later, another runner came up from behind me holding her flashlight once again, but as she came up alongside of me, shining her light, something remarkable happened. We both could see so much better. Now, I think this simple running story demonstrates the power and the effectiveness of coming alongside someone with our light, if not walking directly in their shoes, then at least feeling their stride. So where, where will you shine your little light this year? Maybe your light will be like the teacher who started a gentleman's club for boys of single parent families. An elementary teacher in South Carolina named Raymond Nelson couldn't seem to get his class under control. It was then that he came up with this idea of creating a gentleman's club. Mr. Nelson bought jackets and vests and ties 
for these kids who didn't have them of their own, and he began to teach them lessons. Each week, they discussed a new topic, like how to tie a tie, how to address their elders, how to treat their sisters, their mothers, their teachers. The strict dress code that was introduced by Mr. Nelson served as the tool that he used in nurturing the moral consciousness of these young boys because he felt like a man wearing a tuxedo wouldn't be a bully. Mr. Nelson says, I know that so many of them struggle because a lot of them don't have men at home, so I just want them to grow up and think of some of these lessons that I'm teaching them. Mr. Nelson is shining a light in the dark world of young boys without a male role model to love them or to support them. Sometimes shining a light may mean bending the rules just a bit. When a wildfire in Canada cut off Fort McMurray from the rest of the world, a mass evacuation began. Tens of thousands of people had to be evacuated out of the city on airplanes as quickly as possible. But what about their pets? As a rule, you probably know, anyone carrying an animal on an airline not only has to fill out all kinds of paperwork, but they have to have special crates, and then the animals are sent down to the plane cargo hold. But fortunately, the people managing this airline came alongside the people who were fleeing their homes and they imagined the trauma of what it might be like to leave their pet behind. And the airline broke their own rule. They allowed all of the pets to fly in the main cabins with their owners. Every human and every furry family member was saved. A flicker of light. Sometimes, shining our light is simply opening our eyes to those around us and offering what we have. Anne Glancy is a retired school teacher and she received this letter that if she didn't fix up her house, she was gonna be fined $3,000 every day. The old lady had no one to help her. But one day as she was looking out her window, she saw these young people working on her house. As she looked a little closer, she found out that these kind people happened to be her neighbors, Adam and Kristen. Now, this young couple didn't have a lot of money, but they chose to use their time in a meaningful way. They spent that summer fixing up and painting Anne's house so she could continue to live in it. Another light. Maybe your light will be in a smile or a hug or a listening ear or a kind word. You see, we can't run away and hide from the darkness. Friends, with a posture of peace and praise, we are called from the God of the manger and the cross to light up the lives of others with joy and love and decency. A light shines in the darkness, and the darkness will not and cannot overcome it.
the scripture said people will come from east and west and north and south and come to feast at the Lord's table. So here we have come from all directions and backgrounds of the earth. On the night of his arrest, our Lord Jesus took bread. After giving thanks to God, he broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, this is my body broken for you Take, eat, and remember me. In the same way, Jesus also took after the supper. He took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant sealed in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink this, do this in remembrance of me. So friends, every time we eat, this bread and we drink of this cup, we proclaim the death of our risen Lord until he comes again and he will come again. Let us pray. God of all time, we thank you for this very first day of 2017 in which we get to worship you and share this holy feast you have prepared for us. We thank you for sending angels who directed shepherds to find the manger and for sending a star to guide the wise men to Jesus. We thank you that we too can celebrate Jesus' birth as wonderful counselor, mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We thank you that we get to begin gathered around your table this year. Give us a deepened appreciation of your grace and guidance in our lives, we pray. May our lives show forth your holy love in this worry well, this worried well. We also pray that you will help us to serve the poor and help us reconcile with our enemies and love our neighbors. Bless those in special need of grace, we pray. Grant that as we come to your table, we may be eager to share this great good news with all people. Now pour out your Holy Spirit upon us and upon these gifts of bread and wine, that they may be for us the body and blood of Christ. Keep us faithful in your service. Help us to know how to love you and love one another and love even our neighbors. We pray in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus who taught us to pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the thine's kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This is the grace of God for the people of God. And Jesus took bread. Darling, new, unworthy 
Almighty God, we praise you and offer our deepest expression of gratitude and thanksgiving for sending your Son, Emmanuel, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace to be with us now and forever. Thank you, Lord, for your presence at this meal. May it nourish and strengthen us to shine a light for all to see you. Amen. Friends, lest you think that God is not active in us and through us, I want to leave you with three other major headlines from 2016. Regardless of your political stance, we did have the first female presidential candidate. Mother Teresa was declared a saint, and the Cubs won the World Series. <laughs> Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Go in peace and let your light shine in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost.